0: This month, our our desire is to discuss from a biblical perspective uh, the term mental health. Now, who in here has ever helped somebody who is struggling with mental health issues? Anybody here? Okay. Who thinks it's almost every family is touched by mental health issues? Now, I want to combat some things here. When people hear mental health, they think of the word crazy or disconnected from reality. And 99.2% of all mental health issues do not relate to detachment from reality. Anybody here, don't raise your hand. This is a rhetorical question. Uh, anxiety. 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 Extreme fear, burnout, depression, phobias, okay, anorexia. I have that one. I see myself as very skinny right now. Oh, I have reversed anorexia. That's what it is. So we we laugh, but really that is a mental health issue. It's image dysphoria, who has noticed a spike in people who struggle knowing their gender, okay? Now, 20 years ago, in the average high school of 2,500 students, you may have one, actually it was less than that, but you may have one out of 2,500 students that had some Gender dysphoria. Okay. Really, the real number is 1 out of 10,000. Okay. Now, it is amazing it's disproportional to the states in which you live. There are certain states, example, California, in one high school and one class of 30 students, You have 16 out of 30 students that have gender dysphoria. Now, do we believe a genetic issue has created that exponential explosion? No. Who believes social and cultural influences can affect that? Okay. And Sadler's two cents, I'm not glossing over or minimizing that. But a lot of that, I believe, is this generation's way to rebel and say my body is my own and I can do what I want to do and you can't tell me what to do okay if you're old enough you remember the free love movement love might have been free but so was stds so was pregnancy so was uh, emotional scars it wasn't free was it? it had had side effects and consequences and you're going to see epidemic side effects with this cultural normalization of gender dysphoria. For a young woman to weigh 67 pounds but see herself weighing 300 pounds there is a detachment in her rational ability and so gender dysphoria is real. It is real but it is not proportional to what we're seeing in society today. So Most of us has dealt with some aspect of mental health issues. I get Leary always referring to it as mental illness because it sounds like all things of the mind are bad, and that's not true. Okay, Um, Fear can be a good thing sometimes. Everybody say amen. If a 900-pound black bear is chasing you, it is good to be afraid. I shared a meme with a couple of our men the other day about a man overcoming a grizzly bear attack using a twenty-two pistol. If you're not very familiar with firearms, a twenty-two is a very small caliber handgun. And you think about the tenacity of a bear, it would not do much. And I read a little further, Brother Dallas, how he combated this grizzly bear attack is, he shot his friend in the knee and started running. He didn't have to be faster than the bear, he only had to be faster than his friend. I think I'm helping some people right there. Anybody feel like you're the one getting shot in the knee? (laughs) Okay. I'm uncomfortable always referring to psychological difficulties as an illness. Fear sometimes is a good thing. Can I say from a church perspective, uh, mental health issues have been taboo for a long time. You didn't talk about it. Those are other people's problems. And there's been a prevailing thought. It's been implied more than stated. But the moment you come to Jesus, he fixes everything. Who believes that Jesus died so you might be saved and redeemed and forgiven? But just because he has saved you does not mean he fixes everything, or at least not immediately. Okay, you ever thought about it? Hey, I got saved today, and I look down, and the love handles I've been carrying for 20 years suddenly disappeared. Is that how it works? I went to the altar and confessed my sins and wept with godly sorrow. And I went home and I checked my credit score and it had gone up 90 points. I checked my sugar and it had gone down 20 points. Right? My hair got thicker. My thighs got thinner. My vision improved. Hashtag I am blessed. Anybody? You got saved in all your... Your finances got fixed. My Lord, you could eat candy by the pound and it didn't affect your blood sugar, And right? No, no. I heard the gospel singer, sometimes comedian J.D. Sumner, say one time, he says, when you come to the Lord, if you were an idiot, once you get saved, you're nothing but a saved idiot. Everybody say amen. Okay. We come to God with nothing, and God gives us the hope of eternal life. But just because you came to Jesus, does that automatically make your boss be nice and less of a jerk? Sister Brenda, sister command, do not answer that. Does it make your checking account balance go up instantly? So if we know it doesn't make love handles disappear instantly, and if it doesn't cause your boss to be nice instantly, should it also mean that instantly you should no longer have any struggles in mental health? What is the brain? I mean, where, where's, where are mental health issues found in the body? In your thumb? Your big toe? Where? Where? And the brain is an... Or Now let's be sure to delineate brain is the organ, mind is how it operates. Separate that. Two different things. So the brain is an organ and if we were to dissect it, which I don't recommend if you're still living, you dissect the brain, it has certain aspects and glands within that organ that excrete Chemicals, and we've talked in the past about neural pathways and transmitters and chemical balances. I, I believe all that. I know that to be uh, physiologically sound. The point is, who in here struggles with diabetes? Who is diabetic? Raise your hand. One, two. Pre-diabetic, diabetic, diabetic. Pre or diabetic? Diabetic. Okay. Anybody else? diabetic? Diabetic. Pre. Okay. Anybody else? Go on once. Go on twice. Okay, and I'm not picking on y'all. But the organ that is underperforming is the pancreas. Years ago, I was a pharmacy technician. I got sent to Indianapolis to tour Eli Lilly where they make a lot of, of medications and drugs. And I actually saw some of the cows, they had sewed little plexiglass windows in their side where they could slide them open and and with draw deposits of insulin from cows where they could test it, manipulate it, and engineer uh, synthetic insulin okay and I had to ask one of the, the doctors there that was working he ate lunch with us, and I said doc so." when the cows die, what do you do with those pancreases? He says, did you eat salad? And I said, yes. He said, well, you've been to some salad bars, they have bakos, bacon bits. He said, we have pankos, pancreas. That's a joke, people. Come on. Now, so I've been up close and personal to the development of insulin. So if you take insulin, you're literally injecting, whether it's human or modified animal or synthetic made strictly by man, insulin, you're compensating for an underperforming organ in your body. Now, nobody calls you possessed. Nobody calls you lack of faith, lack of prayer. What's your problem? Suck it up. What happens if your sugar gets too low? What happens if your sugar gets too high? Is it life and death? It is life and death. And we're so compassionate. And if you pass out during one of our services, we're going to pray. And we're not going to criticize and ostracize. But when a person has a chemical imbalance, different organ, but it's underperforming, all of a sudden we put them in a box and we can't talk about it. Do I know it affects your mind? The organ not working well, the brain, does it affect your mind the way? Absolutely. Absolutely. But should we have any less compassion? Should it be a taboo we can't talk about that? No. I think if anybody can talk with earnest clarity and compassion about mental health issues, I think the church should be a voice of reason. Do you know how many people we have today in the United States of America that have mental health disorders as a result of parents who took illegal drugs? The estimate I got recently was we have 10 million young adults that struggle with thoughts and function of brain as a result of nothing they did wrong. So how are we going to put them in a box and say they did something wrong? So we, we've got to be able to have a biblical conversation about mental health disorders, okay? And be able to have compassion one for another. Now let me give a disclaimer. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a therapist. I'm not even an expert. An ex is a has-been and a spurt is a drip under pressure. I am not an expert on this subject. I have done a lot of reading and I've had a lot of personal life experience in the area of mental health. Now, let me draw your, t- am I boring y'all? Y'all interested in this at all? I'm gonna get to the Bible in just a minute, okay. There are three parts to mental health. There is emotional, there is psychological, and there is social well-being. Let me, let me give further definition there. Emotional relates to feelings and sensibilities. Think about the root word, their sense. You sense that something is hot because it, you can feel it. You sense somebody is angry because you can pick up on the, the expression of their emotions, etc. So, emotions really relate to how we feel. How do you remember things? By your emotions. Okay, Sister Karina, what did you have for lunch three weeks ago today? No idea. But what was Israel wearing on your wedding day? Probably can remember that. Was he as good looking then as he is now? Was he as kind then as he is now? He's <laughs> Was he as smart then as he is now? No, okay. At least you're learning some things along the way, Brother Israel, okay. The, the point is, she can remember what he wore then because remember, the emotions are the coat hanger and the details of that day are the coat. So for her to get that coat of details out of the closet, she's got to put her hand on the emotions. That's why you got to be very careful dwelling on certain things in your past because the emotion that's connected to it will flood your mind. If, you, if you're if you feeding on facts of a bad day or a bad breakup or a bad business deal, don't be surprised if your your thoughts get negative and you start to shake a little and your face turns red and you're... You're litigating it again. Anybody besides me ever litigated again in your mind? All those arguments, you lost your plan. If I see them again, I'm telling them, again. give them the peace of my mind. Better not. They run out of pieces before long. Okay? Now, so re- that's why it's important that, to realize that emotions and details coexist. Uh, physiological is the mind and how it functions. So we talk the brain is the organ, but the uh, psycho- I said physiological, psychological, that is the logic or the study of how the mind operates. And then social, why a social why does social matter? Uh, relatability and interactions with others. Who in here has had a bad emotional day? Okay. Who's ever just been emotionally raw? Who's ever got to the place if one more bad things happen, I'm going to scream. Be careful. Saying that, because I guarantee one more bad thing will happen. Ah, right? Okay. So we can get emotionally raw. Does it affect how we relate? Who's ever bit somebody else's head off when they just basically said hello? Sister Caban, Sister Brendan, don't answer that. Okay. Who's ever had somebody just go off on you for no good reason? Okay. I love you. He raises his hand for a thing, And they're pointing at each other over here. That's scary. I'm just kidding. So, how, how we are in our thinking affects our ability to... Who's ever had paranoia? Yeah. Hey, I'm being honest with you. Just because I'm paranoid don't mean somebody's not out to get me. Write that down, okay? Uh, years ago, uh, when I still was doing remodeling work, I took on a big commercial job. Uh, it was a courthouse, and that courthouse was... Huge. It was uh, area was one of the largest counties in Alabama, and it, the county was so big it had two two courthouses because they could people couldn't drive away from one end of the county to the other, so they built an annex. It was so it was a huge place, and because I was an out of towner. They gave us the majority of the work. And I understand now they didn't want a local person at night unsupervised in all those offices of the county. Imagine if you'd gone through a divorce or child custody or had a probate issue. They didn't want a local person rummaging through those files at night. And so that's why I, our company was very appealing to do the work. What I found out about myself is we really couldn't go to work in earnest till after four. We worked through the night and we would have to have suites of offices finished and all the furniture and stuff back for people to go back to work the next morning. Had to have their, that part finished. And I learned something about, this happened for about a year and a half, so I got very familiar with myself working through the night. Something around 2 a.m., I don't know what it was, I'd be blowing and going. didn't matter how much sleep I'd had, how much coffee I'd had, about 2 o'clock in, the morning, in that huge courthouse, me and just a couple other people in the whole place, Daniel, about 2 o'clock, I'd start getting this overwhelming feeling somebody's watching me. And I'd hear a little noise. I'd get jumpy. And that would begin to escalate in my mind. Something between 2 and 4 a.m., I would struggle with paranoia. And something around 4 o'clock would kick in and I'd kind of come out of it a little bit, and by five or so, the sun would start coming up, and yes, it's a new day, devil, you didn't get me tonight. Okay. Who's ever just imagined things? You hear a noise, and just, it escalates you. I found out about me, something about through the night, I would get paranoid. Anybody here ever, who wants to be honest, that you've had these overwhelming thoughts that people are watching you, or somebody's trying to get you, or somebody poisoned my food? Who made this coffee? Just being serious, Um, so let me say. These mental health aspects affect how we relate to people. If we're struggling with paranoia, could you see us being a little resistant? What do you mean by that? Who here's ever been hurt by somebody emotionally hurt? Could it make you a little timid about opening yourself up and being honest or sharing your thoughts or ideas? And so. Our, our mind can be affected in such a way that it affects our ability to have social standing and interaction with others. Um, mental health really does affect how you think, how you feel, and then how you relate to other people. Um, let me ask a question, who in here handles stress well? Handles stress well. Okay, let me ask a different question. Who in here feels like you handle stress poorly? Who any chicken littles in here? The sky is falling! The sky is falling. Okay. You know who you are. Um, who in here has this unexpected this voice trying to express to you all these expectations of others. Who hears those voices of others saying, you better get there, you better not miss it, but you know what you did last time? Anybody got those voices? Anybody hear voices? Yeah. It's okay if you do. It's okay even to answer the voices. So when you start going, huh? That's when you're in trouble. Okay. Now, anybody here admit that you can go through some traumatic experience, uh, broken down on the side of the road, uh... Loss of a loved one, somebody uh, attacks you on Facebook. These are all real things. Who in here admits that traumatic things can be very draining for you, and it takes you a while to bounce back? Anybody? Okay. Other people, you bounce back instantly. You Teflon man. You touching me, you me. Okay. Other people bounce back quicker than others. the These are aspects of mental health. Um how you choose your friends did you know your how you think affects how you choose your friends anybody here admit you know people who have broken thinking about relationships y'all all know the girl that can't seem to find a good man you could put nine good men and one bad guy and she's always going to pick the loser y'all know that girl y'all I, if you don't know that girl you might be that girl i'm just kidding Does anybody know that person? And you don't have to be a girl. You can be a guy. He couldn't pick a winner if his life depended on it, okay? Oftentimes, that is the result of their thought process. Do you know some people begin to believe the lie, I deserve a non-good mate. If I get a bad mate, it's because I deserve it. They've been told they were an accident, they were a mistake, and they begin to believe that they were not wonderfully and fearfully made, they begin to believe the lie that God does not have a plan for the life. And so for me to get somebody who's abusive or manipulative or dictatorial or physically aggressive, that's what I deserve, obviously. That's a lie, okay? But how we think puts us in those positions. Do you know how you think affects the quality of your marriage or the unquality of your marriage? that brings me to, I've got two myths. Who knows what a myth is? Brother David, I used to love this uh, reality show. You ever notice how when they have to say reality, it's probably not? Okay. But it it was more of a, it was somewhat of a reality show. Who's ever heard of a show called Mythbusters? Okay. I'll give you an example. Mythbusters, you always see uh, in the wild action movies, how the police officer or the cowboy or whoever shoots into a full barrel of of diesel or shoots into a gas tank or shoots into, and it, boom, blows up. But it really doesn't work that way, and they proved it. A full tank of gas will not explode. It is where there's almost no gas, but it's got heated up by the sun. It turns into a vapor. Who's ever seen documentaries that show... Uh Boats that fill up with gas there's a a compartment on an inboard motor that mixes the gasoline with air so it can run in the engine and you have to be very careful they actually have a blower motor under the hull of that boat to as an exhaust to blow that vapor up because it's not the full tank of gas it's got to have air it's got to be vaporized before it's flammable okay and so Mythbusters proved it they lined. Bunch of cars up, one with a little gas, one full of gas, and they shot him with, a, with a, a rifle, and the one with gas, it didn't explode, and the one that was full of air, boom! Okay, myth busters. I want to give you two myths, okay, about mental health that the church has propagated as truth. I've kind of touched on this, but I want to make it clear. It is a myth. Christians, here it is, the myth. Christians should not have to battle with depression, anxiety, burnout, etc. Who's ever been made to feel that a Christian should not have to... If, boy, if you're depressed, you're doing something wrong. If, if you're struggling with anxiety, obviously God is not pleased. Anybody besides me ever been made to feel that way or ever felt it implied? Two people, three? Okay. Um, and it is basically said... If you have one of these things, it's probably your fault. Okay? Can I give you a word? If a young woman is attacked by a man physically, and she goes to the police and reports this incident, do you know how horrifying having to tell another person what happened to you is? Do you realize six out of ten rapes are never reported because it's such an overwhelming shame connected with what happened, they won't even tell them. They'll just accept it and go on, push it down and go on. Okay. Six out of ten won't tell anybody. Okay. But if they had the nerve, there are four of the ten, there's one of those others that went and reported it, do you think a police officer should tell her it's your fault? Now, should you probably be out at night by yourself on unlit streets in downtown Nashville? Doesn't mean you deserved it. It means you probably weren't wise. Okay, because if I don't, I don't know about you, I'm trying to make good decisions that lead to good outcomes. All right? But the implication is if you're depressed or you're struggling with anxiety or you, you're you falling into burnout. You've done something wrong. You're not praying enough. You don't have enough faith. If you are praying, you're not praying right. Or ultimately, I've heard this one numerous times. You must have some hidden sin that you need to confess. And once you confess it, then God can purge you of this depression, anxiety, or burnout. Here's maybe the most important thing I said tonight. And that is, you can love Jesus and still fight depression. And some people may write me off. They may tell me, oh, you're a heretic. Do I believe God can heal all things? Absolutely. But if he didn't heal your diabetes when you received the Holy Ghost, and he didn't remove your love handles when you received the Holy Ghost, And he didn't increase your credit score when you receive the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? I do believe that you can love Jesus and still fight depression. It has been so stigmatized. People who struggle with these things are just like the woman who was attacked. They feel like they're going to be ostracized, that they can't even say, hey, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I'm going under. Never let that be said about this place. This is a hospital for the hurting. It can be physical. It can be spiritual. But yes, it also can be emotional. Uh, You can consume the Word of God in vast quantities every day and every night and still struggle with anxiety. Anybody here ever been anxious? Anybody here ever had anxiety? Anxious about something, okay. Now I'm not saying nervous about a surgery because there again that's like the bear chasing you. That's totally understandable. But sometimes anxiety is anxiety because it's not at a time that you would normally have anxiety about something. Okay. The beginning of healing is avoiding denial. Does he does ignoring it making it better? I I I know my my blood sugar says 660 but I'm not accepting that. I know my credit score says 13, but I'm not accepting that by faith I'm going to buy a house today. I got two words. Can God? Yes. God can do anything. But does God have laws and protocols in place? Absolutely. Now, Let's look at some scripture here. I'm going to paraphrase for the sake of time because I see my time getting away. You can attend church faithfully and give in tithes and offerings and still struggle in your mental health. Who's ever heard of a guy named Elijah? Elijah. Now, go home and study it, but Elijah was not just a prophet. He was the prophet's prophet. It'd be like a teacher. It's not just a teacher. It is the teacher of teachers. Who's ever heard of the GOAT? It's an acrostic, G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Right beside GOAT is Nick Saban, Tom Brady, and there's others. They are synonymous with the elite of whatever their industry is. They are the ones that inspire, motivate, train, and teach others who will then in turn teach others. Elijah wasn't just a prophet. He was the prophet's prophet. Do you understand? He was elite. I think he was a little cocky. Confident. Do you remember that he went to the Mount of Carmel and he withstood 800 prophets of Baal? Guys, that is no small task. And he was so cocky. Show me in Scripture whether there was anybody really with Elijah. I mean, I think he probably had a servant or two, but it doesn't really say. And he got out there in front of 800 prophets of Baal who had swords, who had an army behind them, who had Jezebel and Ahab in their corner. And he said, where is your God? Cocky. You've been out here all day cutting yourself, screaming, hollering, saying God's of this and God's of that, and nobody's answered. Let me show you how this done. He kicked over their altar, and he reformed it. And you know the story. He dug a trench around it and filled it with water. He, he covered the with water and the altar with water. It's not going to burn. And he prayed 50-something words and boom, fire, fire consumed it. Now, guys, that's bold. That's daring. That's in your face. One guy. But within just 24, 36 hours, he is praying for God to take his life. He is suicidal. Did you catch that? The God that totally, through spiritual authority, wiped out the prophets of Baal. He literally was used by God to bring down Jezebel and Ahab he overturned their corrupt immoral dynasty and brought back righteousness to God's people and what a great victory and within 24 36 hours he's wanting God to take his life oh I've been better if I'd never been born. oh I'm so you think the guy had a connection with God I've never prayed 50 something words and fire fell from heaven I believe simultaneously he loved God, but he struggled. I'm going to say something. It's just me talking. When you struggle, it's not a symptom that you're not spiritual or that God doesn't love you. When you struggle, it's a symptom that you are still human. As long as you're connected to this physical body, you're going to have struggles. For some of you, it may be arthritis and tendonitis. For other people, it may be back pain and high blood pressure. For other people, it may be the proverbial uh, diabetes. But for some of us, it's going to be our mind and how it operates, and it can beset us. Here's here's the overriding factor with it being your mind. Your mind affects every other aspect of of your life if my gallbladder is full of stones and giving me trouble i can adjust my diet i can maybe exercise i could even have surgery but i I don't do that unless i just absolutely have to because that's the way pastors wired hear me but when it's your mind it affects your feelings towards other your connection to god Whether you can or cannot work, whether you have relationships or a happy marriage, that's the overlying factor. It's not that the mind per se is any different. It's just more, it affects more things, okay? So when you struggle, just remind yourself, it doesn't mean God is displeased with me. It just reminds me that I am still human. Anybody heard of a guy named David? In the Psalms, it says numerous times, David's like, Oh, man, what have I done? Where is God? I'm out here by myself. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Can God, his, his real question, can God still even use me? I'm so defective. And God said, I still can use you. How about Jeremiah? You ever envisioned yourself as one of the prophets. I don't really want to be Jeremiah. I'm not a big crier. And Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He had a little pouch on his side with Kleenex that he carried. He was the weeping prophet. You did not want him speaking at your birthday party. <laughs> okay. He's the weeping prophet. Remember what Jeremiah went through. He was lonely. The scriptures literally say in Jeremiah, he said, I cursed the day I was born. Does that sound like a guy with a positive self-image? Enthralled about his aspects of living, he was lonely. Can I speak a word? And that is, who in here's got a mind? Who's got emotions? Who's got a body? Who's got spirit? We don't want you coming here without a body. Do not send your spirit without your body. We do not. Some of y'all mail your emotions in. What do you think emojis are? Expressive emotions. I don't have time for that. What I want you to get is if your body is still connected to your mind, your brain, the organ, the mind is how it operates, the brain is the actual organ. Anybody here ever used a rototiller? How about a lawnmower? Who's ever used a push mower? Used a push mower, okay? That blade... connected to a shaft that is driven by the motor. The motor can be working perfectly fine but if there's an a a problem with that drive shaft or a problem with that blade I don't care how great the motor is working you're not cutting any grass. Does that make sense? So think of it your brain is the motor the shaft is your body and the blade is your emotions. And somewhere in there, things can get disengaged. Body, soul, and spirit, all three work together. You can be struggling in one aspect, and it affects the other two. Who's ever had low potassium? What happens in low potassium, Sister Command? Tell them. Tell them. You don't feel good. What else? It messes with your memory. Mess with your memory. It's a physical problem, but it's affecting, it's manifesting itself in her mind. I feel the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you do need to draw closer to God, but sometimes you need to get more sleep because your body is still connected to your mind, which affects how you think. Some, we need to have a holistic approach. I don't, I don't mean holistic as far as uh, medicine, but I mean holistic. We need to treat the body, soul, and spirit, okay? As my mother's psychiatrist says, if I got a guy who's lost his legs to diabetes, he's going to be depressed. So I can't just treat the diabetes, or I can't just treat treat the depression. I've got to treat the whole patient body, soul, and spirit. I'm going somewhere bigger, okay? So if, if Jeremiah was lonely, you know what? Who's ever been like Jeremiah lonely? Raise your hand if you've ever been lonely. There's more than that in here. More than that in here. Okay. Let me say this. If you're lonely, why haven't you been attending a small group? Did I just say that? Did I just say that? Oh, that was rude, man. I'm rude up in here. We have those not because pastor's tired of preaching on Sunday night. It's to build connection points where you can be noticed and you can be heard and you can express your needs and you can receive personal prayer and support and encouragement. Who in here needs friends? Did I not say in the very beginning who your kids run with will affect who they become? Can you not see who you choose to spend your free time with will affect how you think? And how you turn out, if you run with negative, broken, stupid people who are trying to pawn their tools, they're going to need tomorrow to go buy beer tonight. Get away from those people. I felt something right there. You might, you might need to pray more, but you might need to change your friends. Do you see the difference? Does this make any sense? Okay. Sometimes it's a change of diet. Sister Caban had to make sure she got plenty of potassium because she didn't know who she was for a while. And then we didn't know who she was for a while. Okay. I'm not being personal, but I'm being trans- Can Can Pastor be transparent tonight? Uh, Sometimes you need to have blood work. It may be a hormonal issue. Did you know your hormones in your body can affect your mind? Some of y'all think y'all losing your mind. Hormones, it's a real thing. Some of us could benefit from some some therapy. Now, let me me stop and talk about that. Man, I hadn't even got to my lesson yet. Angie's going, oh, help us, Jesus. Hey, if the kids are being good, we'll just keep going. No! Okay. Let me talk about this just a second. Okay. What is the difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist? Okay. is anybody ever broken a bone, torn a ligament, or a tendon? Anybody? Okay. And so you go to the doctor for the medical treatment of the break or the tear, and it requires either surgery, a mobilization like a cast or a sling, and then x-rays, and they determine it's healing. Sometimes a rod has to be involved, pins have to be put in, sometimes ligaments have to be reattached, and so on. But then after the doctors got you on the path of healing, you're not healed yet. Who's ever seen a limb that's been immobilized in a cast for like three to six months? Is it big old swollen up? What is it? That's the pitifulest looking little leg I've ever seen in my life. 40 pounds of dead skin and bones, all that's under there. Okay, And so after you go to the doctor and after he's got you on the path of healing, then you go to a therapist that begin to help you work out the stiffness and redevelop the tendon, ligament, muscular structure and get it re-strengthened where it can stand on its own. You might see a psychiatrist who is the doctor that helps diagnose and put you on a path of healing, but then you may need to go to a therapist that helps you take what he's applied to your life and work it out to get the rigidity, stiffness, and get you totally thinking clearly. Listen, guys, do you know how many pastoral books are written on burnout? Guys that have run at a high level. And I've kind of had to watch myself a few times, Daniel. I'm teetering. There's a fine line between drive and creativity and insanity. There's a fine line. And sometimes you can push yourself to an extreme. I really do try to balance myself. Julie is a tremendous grounding agent. She keeps me grounded. When I start floating off into oblivion, she come back down. Settle down. Don't get above your raisin. Yeah, know who you are, mister. Okay. And, and it's good. Keeps me connected, don't let me drift. The relevant point is there's so many books on this, it is a real thing. That there are chemicals that you have excreted in your brain. Remember that fight or flight when you see a grizzly bear? Am I gonna fight it? No. Am I gonna run? Yes that shot of adrenaline there's cortisol that goes to the brain and that helps your brain think fast and clear and it cuts through all the through the red tape and you can make quick agile decisions but when your brain's constantly working on that who's who's ever heard of football players that have had steroids injected in their joints where they could go play in games but that's done those steroid shots over time they eat away the 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 uh, cartilage and mess up the joint and fuse it together and it basically burns it up and they'll end up having to have those limbs fused in straight lines. It can't function anymore. You dump those kind of chemicals in your brain constantly, it will literally fry your brain. I know of, it had been a monastery where priests went for quiet reflection that nobody is allowed to talk there. And there, there is a religious group that the monastery closed because of a lack of funds. They bought it and they do nothing but take pastors as patients that have fried their brains running at a high level because I'm doing the Lord's work and I'm immune to any mental health issues. That is a lie. We're all susceptible. You put us through enough trauma, through enough failure, through enough heartache, all of us are susceptible. If there's any resistance, I wish you'd be honest with yourself. The load, you put enough load on anybody, there is a breaking point for everybody. It's higher for some and lower for others, but in the grand scheme of things, we're all susceptible. Do you know how many of these pastors, that place stays full. There's a waiting list to get in there. Pastors fail not because they forget they're pastors; it's because they forget they are human. Christians fail not because they forget they're Christians; because they forget they are human. We have limitations. Now, lest you think I'm being negative, I'm not trying to be. Let me let me sum it up in seven minutes. I think so. Myth one is: if I've come to the Lord and I'm a Christ follower, I shouldn't have any mental health issues. Myth. Okay. Elijah had issues. David had moments of issues jeremiah struggled he didn't even want to be born take scratch me off the roll i didn't even want to be born myth number 2 god doesn't really care about your mental health issues he's too busy with important things guys that don't preach let me tell you what it does preach Jesus walked on the water in the midst of the storm and got in the boat with the disciples and went to the other side because there was a man that was not in his right mind. Jesus went over to the other side for one man who was not in his right mind. I'm going to tell you, Jesus was compassionate to those who struggled with mental health issues, mentally infirmed people. And Jesus spoke. Do you know the indication that Jesus had touched him, he said he was clothed and in his right mind. Jesus touched him. Now, can Jesus? Absolutely. But the same Jesus that can heal you instantly is the same Jesus that can keep you through any difficulty if you will trust him. Here's what I'm trying to say. There's a reason these scriptures are in the Bible. The Lord is my light and my salvation Whom shall I fear? Todd was saying it with me. Come on. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Why do you think that was in there? Because there were some people that were struggling to believe that God was with them. But God is your light. He is your salvation. And whom shall you fear? Psalms also says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed. God is our refuge and strength. He is the present help in the time of trouble. Psalms 23. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. My mental health will not be affected by what I'm going through, for I know whom my confidence is in. Psalms 88. Look at verse 1. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down into the pit. I am as a man that hath no strength. Hear this. This is a psalm written about the man Heman, Heman, not He-man, him sure my age, Heman. If you know your biblical history, Heman was a man that was a master musician who played before the king faithfully. The Bible declares that he was full of godly wisdom. He was a man that loved kids and his family. He he really was a family man. You might say he was a leader in the local church. Hear this. He was God's man. He would be on the deacon board. He would be a lay minister. He would be a board member. He would be an outreach director. He would be a core member of any church. But it says, I am overwhelmed with troubles. I'm near unto death. I feel like I'm in a pit. I have no strength left. I'm numbered with the dead. God, you seem like you have forgotten me and you remember me no more. Now, I want to make a point here. Number one, out of all the psalms, there's only two psalms that end on a negative note, and this is one of them. But here's the positive in the midst of the negative, is that at his low place of feeling in the pit, he is still turning towards God, expressing his need for God's help. And can I say to you today, no matter how you feel in the moment, the Right approach to God is in your lowest places. Keep reaching out to God. From out of God comes your light and your salvation. I can't think of a better place to turn than to God. The last verse, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm watching the clock. I thought this was written by Simon and Garfunkel. But it literally is that, God, you have taken my closest friend darkness darkness what a negative point he preferred darkness it brought peace here is a man that led the church was a tremendous musician you know it tells me you can be looking like everything's fine on the outside you can still be coming to church you can still be giving you can still be raising your hand you can still be saying amen but still be struggling inside can I tell you this God is not put off by our infirmities whether they be physical or emotional God God knows we love him while simultaneously questioning where we're at we can be fine outside and be struggling inside can I tell you this getting help is not a sign of weakness it is a sign of wisdom I used to think I need to show people how awesome I am by being able to rebuild a motor or paint a car or fix a something by myself. Do you know what wisdom is? Is knowing when you're in over your head. People will respect you so much more when they know that you know your limits. If you come and talk to me or counsel with me, I will tell you right up front, hey, I know a little bit about the Bible, I know a little bit about people, I know a little bit about, about construction. And I'll give you my best opinion, but I'm not, I'm not a professional. Don't have a degree in certain things. But let me tell you something. People respect it when you know you're lame and you know you're in over your head. And I'm going to tell you what. If you keep ignoring it, it will come back to get you at some point if you need help. It's not weakness. It is wisdom. Um, I think I'm going to close with this. Y'all help me finish this. We should love the Lord our God with all thy heart, soul, strength. And what was the last one? How do you love God with all your mind? Hear me. Hear me. That you can love him with your mind, but still don't mean you don't have struggles. Concerns and doubts. Somebody get for me Isaiah twenty six we got somebody in the booth can do it or somebody Isaiah twenty six and three. Anybody know what Romans twelve says? Chapter one, chapter twelve, verse one. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your everybody say your mind. We keep trying to renew our flesh, renew our garments, renew our bank account. It all starts where? Be not conformed. If you're taking a steady diet of CNN, HBO, HBO sends for Hell's box office, Send to the Max, I mean Cinemax. If you're feeding your thoughts on every horror film and every gothic book ever written, and then you wonder why your mind's unsettled, it's when we fix our mind on who? The Lord. And renew your mind, because if you'll get your mind on the right things, it's amazing how other things will start to clear up. Verse 3. Put it back. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Because he what? In thee. I looked it up. That perfect peace is shalom, shalom. It means peace, peace. In the Jewish culture, peace meant peace. But peace, peace means peace extreme. Remember the New Testament says truly, truly, or verily, verily? Truly is true. But truly, truly... Is absolute. Take it to the bank. This particular verse, whose mind is stayed. That word "stayed" here from the Hebrew. Guess what it means? One who puts all their weight. If you want to have peace, peace, you got to start not putting part of your trust in the Lord. Some of, most of. It's those who put all their confidence, all their weight on the Lord. Everybody say amen. Who admits that you're kind of Monday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday? You, you know, you know. I'm full of faith in the Holy Ghost in the sanctuary, but I get out of the workplace and it just evaporates. No. Those who keep their mind stayed on thee. Who, who wants peace, peace? I don't mean peace. I mean peace, peace. You can sleep when the storm's raging. Okay. Next week, I, I didn't do a very glamorous job. I skipped a bunch of stuff for the second time because I love you. Next week, we're going to look at depression from a biblical perspective. Okay. I'm trying to see if anybody's relating to what I'm saying. You say, well, you know, I don't struggle with that. I literally believe within a season of time, with what we're going to teach from a biblical perspective, God is going to put people in your path that you're going to be able to minister to. You need to quit looking at well, that's not for me. It may be for you to help somebody else with. I'm closing with this. I shared just recently. I have a good friend. His wife had COVID. They were going to kick her out of the hospital. And he calls me to ask me to pray because if they unhook her from these machines, she's going to die. And he didn't think he could bury his wife at Christmas. And he didn't know what to do because the insurance was denying their claim to send her to a specialty uh, hospital. And I, I mean, the Lord just reminded me, did y'all know there is an insurance review board in Nashville? That if you have a problem with your insurance company and they're not doing you right, you can file a claim and they'll investigate it on your behalf. Did you know that? Okay. And the Lord just spoke that, brought it to my remembrance, and I told him. And less than 24 hours, they had in, investigated, and the hospital had approved, and her insurance approved, and she was already being moved to this new specialty house. I'm not taking credit for that. What I'm, what I'm telling you is is that that bit of information wasn't necessarily for me, but God put it in me so I could put it in somebody else. God can give you wisdom on areas so please come next week cuz we, we are we're on the edge of an epidemic of mental health issues in our country. And I I think better than pharmacology and better than psychiatrists psychiatrists I have no I, I, they they're effective they they have a place but I think the church could be a great triage center to bring therapeutic benefit to those that are struggling. Amen. Jesus, tonight, thank you for your people. Stir our hearts. Give us compassion. God, as your word says, for those who struggle with mental health issues, they are our brother, they are our sister. God, give us wisdom and knowledge, and grace and mercy and compassion, we pray. And everybody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Shake hands, be friendly, go with God.